Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. We would like to welcome you to the living room. Come on in, grab a seat, and get comfortable. We're a candid group of women in various ages and stages of life, and we are willing to get real with you today. We're going to tell it like it is. We're also willing to share what works for us, and we hope that you'll find something here today that works for you, too. Today, you're joined by myself, Heather. Kate. Jana. Jody. Connie. Michelle. Christy. And today we are talking about marriage, specifically about being mindful about our marriages. Now, for me, I like to call mindful marriages being intentional. Uh, intentionality means that as a married couple, we have a working plan to help us reach our marital goals. And we set goals in so many other aspects of our lives, whether it's money or with our children or, you know, the vacation we want to take. But how often do we sit down with our spouse and actually set goals as a married couple? The thing is, if we want our marriages to be successful and if we want to be happy in our marriages, we have to be mindful of our relationships each and every day. And so being intentional isn't something we can do once a year or, you know, even once a month. It really is a day-to-day -day responsibility we have. And another way to think about this is almost like a bank account. And really, we have so much money in there now, but if we're not constantly putting money or effort or energy into this bank account, it's going to run dry, right? We're, mm -hmm. we're out of money. And our marriages work the same way. If every day we're not constantly making a deposit, then all of a sudden we'll go broke and our marriages go broke. And it's interesting when we think of it that way, because naturally we think, well, wait, there's plenty in there. Or wait, last week we went on a date or we talked last month. You know, we don't have to do it again. <laughs> But the fact is we are constantly drawing from this bank account, whether we know it or not, we're taking money out. And so we've got to really be conscious or intentional about putting money or putting investment back into it. And Kate, you and I, not too long ago, we were talking and you had the coolest story that really kind of ties into this idea. Will you, will you share it with us? Yeah. So um, I think when... Um, Heather talked about the bank account and when it runs empty and this was a time in our marriage when our bank account was running empty if not was empty and um, it was during the recession and us like many of you went through the hard times of that and reaped the the rewards of not having jobs and everything else and so um, so it was a really stressful time as we know marriage or money is one of the biggest stressors in, in marriage and um, I think up until that point, we had a great marriage and probably really took each other for granted. And um, But anyway, it was a really difficult time for us and not just a little bit. It had been years. And honestly, there was many times that I would have the thought, I don't, I don't know how much longer I can do this. And then it would get to the point where it was, I don't know how much longer I want to do this. And I was somebody who truly believed in marriage. I still do. And so it was crazy for me to have these thoughts. And I know my husband was having the same thoughts. And we were both really good people. And we really didn't have major problems. We got along great. But the money thing was just huge. It was just a huge, huge stressor every single day. And we would just get hit one thing after another. And it just felt like it wouldn't end. And because of that, we were, I mean, stopped communicating. We lived together, but it didn't feel like we were even, we were just survival mode. So I remember one particular hard evening, I, for some reason, a memory came back to me 
and I don't remember what had happened, but I was by myself in the bedroom, and I remembered this memory of when I was in um, the summer before I was in eighth grade, and I have nine siblings, and everyone was asleep, but for some reason I was awake, and it was the summertime, and my parents had gone on a walk, and they came home, and they told us about some horrible tragedy that they had just heard that had happened in, in our city to this family, and um, they said that they wanted to kneel and pray and asked me if I would come pray with them for this family that this tragedy had happened to. And and so, you know, I was just right before eighth grade, but for some reason I could remember this memory and I remember praying for this family and specifically for this family's children. We didn't know them and we didn't even know if they had children. But anyway, this memory came back to me as I was married and, and as I started to put the memory together in my mind, I realized the tragedy that had happened was to my husband's family. And I had never realized that during our, during our married life. And I realized in that moment that as a, whatever, 13-year-old, 12-year-old, I had prayed for my husband and for his family without knowing that he would be my future husband. And it was just kind of a cool thing that that hit me in that moment of really struggling in our marriage that, okay, if I prayed for him back then, maybe I should still be praying for him <laughs> now, you know, and yeah. and both of us and just how he needed me back then before I even knew who he was. So anyway, just a really cool thing. And from then on, um, I had a person in our in our church who, who taught us to pray for our future spouses. And so I always did. And from the time I was really young and I was just grateful for that, but realize that when you get married, that should probably continue. That's so, an important yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story because it shows the power of really being mindful and mm -hmm. how, I mean, it's a great example of you being mindful long before you were even in your marriage, even yeah. until you got there. But what's funny is we forget to be mindful. Just like you're saying, once we all of a sudden are married and it's like, wait, now I've committed to you. Oh, but I forget that I need to be intentional about this relationship, right? And I think we grow up that way. You know, when we're young, how many of us thought that marriage was like a fairy tale, right? right? Those feelings of mm -hmm. just... Those Disney movies. It's, they make it look beautiful, right? They're and not mean. The love it's, it is. Yeah. And it's a happily ever after. You know, we have four girls at home right now, and I watch them and I hear the things they say about marriage. And even as I teach them and try to, you know, guide them in the right directions, they still see those fairy tale romances and so we freaking have twilight <laughs> you really never get past that <laughs> yeah the truth is though i mean how long did it take all of you to realize that that is not what marriage is really like oh that dating has nothing right. to do with yeah. marriage after, <laughs> after the honeymoon yeah. Yeah. Uh, during whatever you do i mean we're honest with one another or you know you're dating and you agree with everybody and everything <laughs> and all of a sudden yeah. you get married and you're like i, I actually really don't like mm -hmm. that kind of food I just said it because I wanted you to like me. Because your mom was making it. Right. So. <laughs> so all of a sudden, marriage gives us so many surprises that we're not expecting. And I'd love to hear from you. Tell us, you know, as we're talking about mindful marriage, marriage, what are some of the biggest surprises that you guys have run into now that you've been married? We all have a couple years under our belt. Christy, start us off. Okay. Uh, for me, the biggest surprise was my loss of autonomy. I realized really soon after the honeymoon, oh my goodness, I'm never going to be alone again. <laughs> That's before children. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. forgive my husband. And it's yeah. our four-year-old I yeah. need to get out of yeah. the country. Yeah, but I just, I didn't know how to be myself with someone else. And I realize it's a lifelong process. And my husband and I have learned that we have to constantly be changing our marriage and, and things have to change. It can't be stagnant and still, but really the loss of self was overwhelming. 
Mm-hmm. To kind of Good not point. know who you were anymore right. with someone next My to you. My identity right? was gone. What I was doing before I married was gone. I didn't even know how to interact in a day-to-day life with another person constantly by my side. That's kind good, of right there with you all the time. Absolutely. And I think we all face that. Don't mm-hmm. you think we all kind of run into that a little bit? I look at it as we're really being asked to redefine ourselves. And nobody really says that in mm-hmm. those words. But that's truly it. So you are coming into another person's space and you are being asked to let go of who you are and become someone with this person. And so even though it sounds all lovely and beautiful that you're going to fall in love and, you know, and hopefully you still do and you stay in love, but you recreate something beautiful and better, but it, it is, it, it's kind of a questioning of, Oh, but that means I have to give up a few things. I have to change. And that was something that, um, that was eye opening to me is the changing, which has been you know, after 24 years, I'll say I am a better person because I am married. I'm far better a person because I've worked through things, but I'm not going to say it wasn't just, you know, icing on the cake every day, but, you know, redefining who I am based on the fact that I am no longer just Jody. I am Christian's wife and he is my husband and I'm the mother. But I think if we do ourselves a disservice in, and our children in making them think that it's not going to be a little uncomfortable sometimes, but you're going to get something better in the end. You just won't know it. Um, sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you think it's unfortunate? Because I think we go into it thinking we have to become a different person. And I love the way you use a, a redefinition. We're redefining yeah. ourselves a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't mean we lose who we are. That's it right. doesn't sure. mean we forget, sure. you know, that we love Mexican food or we used to play tennis. or We can still yeah. be who we are. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's just learning yeah. to define who we are next to someone yeah. else. And I think that yeah. gets really confusing in it our does. heads sometimes. Because yes. we don't want to lose ourselves in that person. I think that's they, right. you know, it's that Prince Charming that sweeps you off, you know, and takes you off and, and creates your life for you. We want to create our absolutely. life together right. saying, hey, Hey, wait a minute, I do have an opinion on that. Or and, and be have be with someone who says, Ooh, I love the fact that you're a strong woman. That you have that opinion. Yeah. That is right. a rare man. Well, and I think what's crucial is that we remember we are a woman, wife, and mother. And mm-hmm. so it's not that we we change who we are, it's we're adding on. And so we're shifting Ooh, I like in, that. in the That's different great. situations, the different situations that we're in, maybe we're doing more of as a woman and maybe we're growing more as a wife. Mm. And so that's okay. And like you said, we're not putting those things away. I remember years ago, a counselor told um, my husband and I, we were talking about some different things. And, and he said, you need to remember that when you're single, it's as if you're going down a river in a canoe and you use certain skills that way. But when you get married, you're out on open water and now you're in a ship and you all hands on deck. And he said, it's different. It's different skills. And so if you'll go at it with that Mm. idea of I'm adding to myself, I'm adding different skills to utilize in new situations, then it's not a losing of yourself. You're magnifying. Absolutely. Well, and I think too, if you then, you know, get married and then bring children into the picture, it's our responsibility, just like we've talked about before, to let our children know that we are their mothers and we are good for them. And that means we have to share who we are with them, whether it's a talent or whether it's a skill or whether it's a passion, we've got to be able to say, I've done this my whole life and I still love doing it. And now I want to teach you, you know, our kids, just like our husbands, they married us because they love us for who we are, hopefully. And so why get rid of that? All no, of a sudden? he married exactly. me for no. my body. I lost that a long time. Along those lines, I think the biggest surprise for me is how few times he wanted to have sex and how much I did. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was the hardest adjustment for me. I was like, holy cow, when we got married, I thought you just want this all the time. I, 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 I think you're going to head up that show yeah. for a six Yeah, I'm going to head up that show for yeah. And anyone who doesn't know I'm not, I am being a little sarcastic. <laughs> My biggest surprise was the opposite of Christie's. I thought, well, we're going to get married because we want to be together all the time, forever and ever. And, and what I didn't realize is how little time you actually get together. And especially how little quality time. You know, you're brushing past each other and you're running different places. And I just love those moments when you're actually together. But they're few and far between. And you say, what happened? When we were dating, right? we found the time. Exactly. Even though we both had jobs. Right? Yeah. I know. I know. Where did yeah. that go? Yes. Well, and I think that's back really to what we're talking about here today is that intentionality, right? Because oh, yes. we, we expect it. And that's why we call it a honeymoon phase. It's we're going to sit on the couch forever and just stare into one another's <laughs> eyes. And that's just going to be lovely, right? But then all of a sudden, you know, if you're young, school starts or work starts or kids mm -hmm. start, life happens. Mm -hmm. And so if we're really being intentional, we have to think through, wait a second, this time doesn't come naturally in our lives anymore. How are we going to make sure it. that it happens, right? So that that's happening. Row your boat. It's exactly <laughs> right to be intentional. Okay, Michelle. I think, honestly, my biggest surprise was I didn't know he would vacuum after me. <laughs> like, I your husband come teach my husband <laughs> how to vacuum how to after me? <laughs> well, I was hosting a baby shower early on into our marriage, and... Um, after I was done, I was talking to my husband on the phone. He, of course, vacated the premises and did not want to be part of that woman extravaganza. But um, as he was driving home, he said, he said, just please, please make sure you vacuum before I get there. And I know that he likes things to be clean. And, and so I was like, okay, great. I can totally do that. So I vacuum. You can see all the lines. He comes home and looks at it and goes, hmm, and grabs the vacuum. <laughs> And then vacuums everything again. And I said to him, that ends, and I said, you know you have just secured that I will never, ever, ever vacuum yes. ever again in our entire life. And now here we are, 10 years later, and I rarely vacuum. I mean, if I'm home with the kids and there's a mess, I'll clean it up. But generally speaking, he's the vacuumer. He gets that done. Oh, he does awesome. a lot of other cleaning in the house. Ooh, yeah. And I just have to say, you know what? You did this to yourself. <laughs> in a really loving tone. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes I just point to myself, and I'm like, you did this to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> You, no. you picked me. <laughs> okay, any other surprises? Any other surprises we've got? I think we can relate to all of those, right? Absolutely. As we look at those, sure. we can all relate to those. I know, I think Michelle's husband needs to come teach my husband to vacuum after <laughs> me. I would love to give up that chore. I would love to. You know, the thing is, these challenges, these surprises, these disagreements, the hard times, we have to work through them. So let's go a little bit deeper and talk about how it is that you work through marriage when it does get hard. Mm. Can you think of ways kind of you've done that? Jody? what yeah. do you and your husband do? Or well, even you personally? We, we we spend a lot of time recreating, you know, together, which kind of is his is his thing, but I've really enjoyed doing it with him. We snowmobile and we four-wheel. But, you know, I as far as the deep change, I mean, I had to get over the fear that this was not going to be perfect. Mm, um, I had to accept the fact that fear was going to be something that was a normal occurrence that I had to squelch and say, oh, that doesn't feel like what I thought it was going to be. And, oh, that doesn't feel... And then say, well, wait a minute. What what does that mean? What can it become? What what can it be? And it's not going to look like the neighbors. It's not going to look like my mm -hmm. friend's marriage. It's yeah. going to be my marriage. And trust the fact that I will figure it out. And it's and thankfully, I've had somebody that's wanted to figure it out, too. Sure. But, yeah. uh, you know, face my point. fear. Not and everyone say, does. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I mean, sometimes, Michelle, we were talking earlier 
sometimes the challenges are things that we don't expect, right, in our marriage. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I am, I'm on marriage number two. Um, no, marriage number one was not as good as necessarily marriage number two, which is great. Hopefully it's my last. My husband, <laughs> my husband introduces himself as Michelle's second husband, implying that there would be another. <laughs> You're like, and we're still seeing. We'll yeah. see. And every now and again, I'm like, hey, listen, I can always just trade yeah, off. Just trade off. But... I, all joking aside, you know, in that, that first marriage, there was obviously numbers of problems and we could talk for hours about that first show. But I remember, um, I remember in that instant thinking, even before I left that I have to do everything I can before I walk away, everything I can. And, and that doesn't just mean I'm just giving up or whatever, but I remember lots of time we went, we had a long time. We saw counselors, we did lots of other things and I had to get to the place where I had done everything I could because I knew that I wouldn't give up. Um, and I, I didn't want to look back with regret and I, I apply that same principle in my marriage now. And although it's, it's much, much better and I have not reached to the point where I'm saying, Hey, um, I've got to do everything I can. I know that the responsibility for my marriage being good lies on my shoulders and he has his responsibilities. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's, it's important that, that if we want change, we lead change and they can choose to accept that or not accept that. And I know that there are many people I'm sure that are listening that are thinking they're not accepting that. And we love you. And we we put our arms around you right here in this instant and know that that's the case. And, but I always know that we will never, ever regret doing every possible thing, everything. Yeah. Well, and that's society right. tells us, you know, that marriage is 50, 50. It always, it drives me nuts when yeah. I hear that it's 50, 50, it's 50, 50 no. when really it's 150 and 150, it's everything mm -hmm. we've got. And then some, right. That we have to put into marriage all the time. I know I had a friend in college and I was in graduate school and studying kind of all these things and he got engaged and once he got engaged his fiance wanted him to go see a counselor and once they were there she wanted him to sign papers saying the 50% that he would always do and then the 50% um, that she would oh always God. do. Oh my so here was his 50, like one bathroom and she had one bathroom and I had oh three nights a week and I had one. And if I have the kids for five hours, then you have the kids for five hours. Oh my and I remember gosh. he came to me, we, we'd been good friends all through college. So, you know, for years. And he said, should this be kind of a warning sign? <laughs> and she, she's like, red flag. She got concerned about these papers that she wants me to sign. And as, as funny as it is, you know, more in hindsight than it was for him, unfortunately at the time, it really is. That's not what marriage is. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not keeping a tally. That's right. no. It's giving it every thing we have. Right. And I, I realized shortly into my marriage after that loss of autonomy and feeling like, Oh, he's always here. That, that big surprise was actually my greatest blessing. And as we've gone through this 15 years together, I have never been alone. And I had a different childhood and I was raised by a mom who was single a lot of the time and I was alone. So that big mm -hmm. surprise of the loss of autonomy was actually this beautiful gift. And oh, as I true. suffered through bed rest and dealing with the issues of my childhood and illness and other things that everyone suffers through, I had someone by my side to give me shots twice a day when I was pregnant and to hold my hand as I've done really hard things. And sometimes we need to stop and realize that the greatest challenges, the biggest surprises are our greatest gifts and blessings. Those blessings mm -hmm. that come right that we don't mm -hmm. see in the first place. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think we can change the way too, that we think about it. You know, Jenna and I, we were talking about a book you're reading about enduring marriage. Oh. And 
tell us, because it's such a beautiful phrase and a great way to kind of envision this word enduring has a negative connotation right. in most of our minds, right? right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. Like enduring, like knuckle down. Exactly. exactly. Right. White knuckle. White, White knuckle. knuckle. Yes. Yes. Right. yes. No, you know, it's a, it's a book by M. Catherine Thomas. It's called Spiritual Lightning, and it's chapter six, Enduring Marriage. And at first, I did laugh at the double entendre of a title, but the idea of building a marriage that endures is so beautiful. And she has this... Wonderful concept. She's a beautiful writer, but she talks about marriage as a tutorial in love. And it's us that has to learn. We're the ones that have to learn how to love the other person in the way that they need to be loved. And it's so beautiful when you reverse that. It's all about me. You're not meeting my needs to, oh, how am I supposed to love you? How can I love you better? It's just such a nice way to look at it. Absolutely. Nice and very hard. <laughs> you know, the reality, if you hold that in your heart and you know, because I feel like that's, you know, I, I'm married to somebody very different and I, and we're both, we have had to learn and continue, we'll learn, we'll continue to learn how to love, and you said that beautifully, how to love that person in the way that they need to be loved. And, you know, it's well, hard. It means not being selfish, right? Right. Well, I think along those lines, something that's been really powerful for me is that there's the two things of the give and receive. Yes. And receive is a powerful word because you can give or think that you're doing what's good for that other person or giving your whole soul. And it may not be something they can receive or that they even want to receive or right. know how to receive. Right. But until you're received, then you don't feel seen or heard. And what's right. important is I think what I've noticed in speaking to women for almost 15, 20 years and talking and listening and hearing their stories, I hear a lot about women don't feel seen and heard in marriage. But one of the things that is important in that aspect to do about that is realize that all of your efforts, they're not outcome-based. It's, it is about your consecrated effort. Yes. Everything mm -hmm. you do that is good and wise and worthy in that marriage is all consecrated for your good. And so even if things don't work or even if someone chooses not to be loving back to you being loving or doing all that you can do, that in the in the long run, in the scheme of things, it's okay because you have become a better person. You are still loving and being a loving person. And that's what's key. So women don't have to, to worry so much about that of, oh, he's not doing this or I'm trying to do that. I've learned a lot about loving wisely. And I think that is a great thing, even with our children. But um, I, re I read this book recently called um, How to Measure Your Life by Clayton C. Christensen. Mm -hmm. It was your recommendation, mm -hmm. Michelle, that was mm -hmm. fantastic. But it talks about that concept of that you, you choose the kind of person you want to be and that what happens in marriage too often is that people think they're, they're filling the needs of the other person when they're not. Right. And then they get resentful that they're doing everything and this person is not appreciating it. And so that's a communication aspect. But then the other aspect is the self-improvement. And in another wonderful book called Boundary, by Townsend and Cloud. Can't remember their first names, but excellent book. But they talk about this one woman who he knows the man, one the, I think it was Townsend, knows the man and says, I know this man and woman, and they're good friends of ours. And she is a, a definite changer person. She wants to be better. She wants to love. She wants to do good. And she'll even go to her husband, who is not interested in any of those things. And she'll even say to him, what are some things I can do better in our relationship? And he said, I've never once heard or understood, because they're good friends, I've never known this husband to ever ask that of his wife. Never interested in knowing how he can be a better right. husband. Right. But she has changed. 
chosen to not get hung up on that. Yeah. She has chosen yeah. to focus That's on lovely. how can I do and be a better person and have that better relationship on my side. And I think that is too often underrated in marriage to look at the value of that. So that's something to consider. I well, we, I think we, and we started, Michelle kind of started us off here. We've got to always come back when it comes to being mindful in our marriages to ourselves. So quickly do we look, what does our spouse need to change? What do they need to do different? If only he would do this different, then we'd be much happier, right? But our happiness is going to come when we make those decisions. And uh, along with all of this, I just read an uh, article by Richard Paul Evans, who's an author. And he told this story about he and his wife. I think they'd been maybe 18 years into marriage and they were getting divorced. I mean, oh. it was, they were mi absolutely miserable. And he, through a lot of soul searching, decided one morning he'd come home from a business trip and he woke up and he looked at her and he said, what can I do for you today? Mm -hmm. And she That's spit good. right back in his face. She just looked at him and it was like, what do you mean? What can you, she, I mean, she was not receptive to it. Their relationship was poor in the first place. So why, right. I mean, if you're ready to, to get divorced, her, why would you? And so she, angle? her thought was, Ooh, you're going to ask. I know what you can do. Go clean the garage. And so that man got out of bed and he spent the entire day cleaning the garage. And the next morning, gosh, the next morning they woke up and he looked at her again and he said, what can I do for you today? Mm -hmm. And she thought, oh, I'll test you. We'll see how this works. Right. And this is a public figure. We're, wow. we're familiar with him. Yeah. And she said, you can clean the kitchen. And he went, okay, I'll go clean the kitchen. And each day she gave him these, you know, tasks. And finally she broke down and she said, don't you ask me this anymore. Stop asking me this question. And he sat there for a minute and, and looked at her and she said, it's not you. I'm the one that needs to make changes. Mm -hmm. And because of his willingness to wow. say, it's me, what can I do? She was then touched More and hungry. said, what, what do I need? Mm -hmm. No, wait, it's me. I'm miserable to live with. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's look at this. Wow. And I think that's what it comes down to with marriage, isn't it? It's, it's us saying, what do I need to do? How can I help instead of what can everyone give me? Right. Everyone it's the peace me. giver. Mm -hmm. um, it is philosophy yeah. mm -hmm. and it is, it's, it's tough, but it is the, it's the way that we find the beauty. It is. And the, the joy in life in all of those things. You know, one of my very favorite quotes reads like this. It says a marriage is like a house. When a light bulb burns out, you don't buy a new house. You fix the light bulb. Mm -hmm. And I think that's yeah. something we can kind of all take with us to remember that. Uh, that's it for our chat today on marriage. How grateful for all of you for sharing those things. Marriage is a tough thing to talk about, right? There's, we can feel the emotion kind of in the room as we discuss this. Uh, hopefully you will make a renewed commitment to be mindful, to be intentional about your marriage too. You can find this segment and all of our other segments on fromthelivingroom.com with links to more in-depth discussions and our individual blogs and websites. Remember our quote cards from today's shows. And you can download those for a happy thought, including the one on your house and marriage and, uh, and that light bulb quote. Join us next time for another uplifting and enlightening segment. And in the meantime, be sure to give yourself and your family some living room. Thanks for coming to The Living Room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.